Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Slap back, that's right. What does that mean? That means it's going to slap you back. We eat it. I try to start tender, like mother's love. You should be able to put your finger through it. If you can put your finger through it, you can put your teeth through it. Tripe is not meant to be stretched way out there. It's supposed to melt in your mouth. This is a great migration story. Born of black exodus up and out of the South. After Allison's people left the Mississippi cotton fields to begin again in St. Louis, cooking tripe became a way forward. I'm grateful. I'm grateful they decided to make a change. You know, everybody needs to make a change. And at that time, I believe St. Louis was the land of opportunity. Same thing now today that I pray that my son takes my legacy and run with it, just like I did with my parents, you know. Her mother got a job working the line for Chrysler, rising up to be shop steward. And the money she saved was what Allison used to start her business. Her mother's work and her spirit remain a daily presence, both in the restaurant and in Allison. Help me picture her in the kitchen. <laughs> My mama was, uh, she didn't play in the kitchen, you know. <laughs> it wasn't one of them kitchens you could just sit back and not do nothing. My mama could prep the chicken, cook the tripe, make the spaghetti, tell the staff what to do, hold my son, and bring stock in. That's what my mama could do. I remember when I was young, I said, I don't want to be nothing like my mama when I grow up. She's just so mean. She work all the time. She don't do nothing. I'm exactly like my mama. You know, she had good work ethic. Um, she made us work hard, be responsible, understand that there's consequences for your actions. You know, pray about everything, rush about nothing, be patient, humble, and life's going to do what it's do. And her main thing, watch the dog that carries the bone. Watch the dog that carries the bone. In other words, watch the messenger. Watch the messenger. Watch what the messenger says. There you go. It's our queen. You know, you'd be so proud of us, all of us. You got two doctors now. You got two granddaughters that's doctors. You know, got two sons, grandsons that are graduate from college. Wow. Bless you. Meet Joy. Joyce Carson. The heartbeat of the family. Triple A is a showcase of up south black culture. A restaurant born when a family traded its rural past for an urban future. Each tripe sandwich and each happy regular is a tribute to Allison's mama. A celebration of the city where these expat Mississippians took a chance and made a life. True South is presented by Yellowwood brand, Pressure Treated Pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Show the world what it means to be a fan at fanatics.com. The world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com. Officially licensed everything. Develop a gorgeous app with Fiverr. You'll need your product manager, QA engineer, and Omar, a Fiverr freelance product designer with an impressive number of orders who will join your team from home. Smart and cozy. Expand your team with a Fiverr freelancer. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Away suitcases are designed with 360-degree spinner wheels. So you can go with the flow. Your vehicle takes a beating from the environment. Keep your vehicle looking better than new with Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant. 
a breakthrough in ceramic technology. Now you can seal and protect your paint with unbelievable gloss, shine, and slickness in less than 30 minutes. Look at the difference with Ceracote's true hydrophobic ceramic technology. The level of gloss and slickness is unbelievable. Ceracote increased slickness by an incredible 72% compared to uncoated automotive paint. Everything just slides right off. Simply spray it on and lightly buff it with the included microfiber towels. That's it. Everything's included. Even water flows right off. I've been a professional auto detailer for almost 40 years, and during that time I've tried hundreds of paint care products. And I can tell you that Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant is in a league of its own. Guaranteed to be the glossiest, slickest, and easiest to apply paint sealant you have ever used. Get professional gloss, shine, and protection for your vehicle with Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant today. It's the number one best-selling paint sealant in the country. Buy today. True South is presented by Yellowwood brand, pressure-treated pine. This is the story of how I fell in love with St. Louis, one sandwich at a time, and how I came to see that this city is a membrane between the South and the North, between the United States and the rest of the world. First things first, a drink in honor of the initial wave of immigrants who came to St. Louis to work the clay mines in the decade before the Civil War. The Irish, they made the bricks that made this city. The go-to food here at Riley's Pub isn't corned beef, it's cracker-thin St. Louis-style pizza. And since I'm folding this slice, that counts as a sandwich. St. Louis was shaped by the Germans. In 1857, Adolphus Bush arrived in town and soon married the daughter of a local brewer named Eberhard Anheuser. The last of the old line beer halls and schnitzel houses are gone. Bevo Mill, the windmill German restaurant, is now a wedding venue. But the spirit of those immigrants is deeply embedded in the city's DNA. In ballpark bratwurst, which is a sandwich, of course. The score is 2 2. You're up at back. Don't try to be a hero. You don't have to be a hero. Not for me. 1037 The Buzz. First Chinese man to arrive here married an Irish woman and opened a spot there in Hop Alley, which got torn down and replaced with the ballpark. Chinese takeaways that locals call chop sueys have spread across the city. And they all serve a sandwich called a St. Paul. Thank you. We'll just put them between us and we'll talk with them. Let's take a quick peek. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> None like white bread. Man, white bread smells right. Yeah. When that doesn't go bad. It takes like 14 days for it to go bad, so. <laughs> the sandwich is simple. Wok fried egg for young patty. Serve it on white bread with mayonnaise, lettuce, tomatoes, and pickles. It's a Chinese-American dish that tastes of assimilation and adaptation, which makes it a St. Louis dish. Hyper-local, portable, and delicious. The great thing about our country is when we talk about, you know, the melting pot, right? Because you talk about a St. Paul sandwich. Why is it only specific to St. Louis? And it's specific to St. Louis because a man from St. Paul, Minnesota came here and created this sandwich and didn't know what to call it, called it a St. Paul sandwich. And, you know, I love it. I do, too. I mean, I, 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 unimpeachably, I love yeah. it. <laughs> Where in St. Louis did you grow up? So, <laughs> so I grew up, when we came, when we immigrated here, we grew up on the hill. So the hill is Little Italy of St. Louis. We were the only Asian family on the hill in the 80s. Italian. A place to play bocce without irony. 
Joy's is the clubhouse for the hill, where they serve hot salami on garlic cheese bread. It's better than you can possibly imagine. Ordinary sandwiches max out at 10. These ratchet up to 13. Look at this map of the restaurants we're talking about. All of these people from all of these places staked their claim here. And most had to change to transform their identity to belong. I asked sociology professor Adia Wingfield to help me understand. At what point does that Irish person considered white as we think about whiteness now, mm -hmm. like whiteness and power, whiteness and privilege? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So that is an early 19th, early to mid 19th century transformation, right? Because being Irish for a period of time was outside of the boundaries of being considered white. I think this was true for Italians as well for a period of time, right? So what we start to see as these migration patterns change is that these boundaries expand a little bit so that uh, Irish people, Italian people do start to become part of that boundary and they do become included in this group of who gets considered white in ways that, uh, as we know, has enormous consequences, right? That has implications for work opportunities, that has implications for social mobility in ways that aren't necessarily true for groups who fall outside of that boundary. St. Louis is this great lab for thinking about yeah. so many American challenges and, and this moment in America. It's a great place to think about. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Enclave after enclave, home to diasporas of Southern families and Jewish families. St. Louis is a city of sandwiches and the people who make them. This is Benjamin Hockman, sports columnist at the Post-Dispatch. He's smiling like this because he's happy. He's happy because he's got a sandwich named after him. That's how St. Louis says I love you. By letting Benjamin slip a knish inside his pastrami on rye. By immortalizing him on the counter at his local. St. Louis is a checkerboard of little Americas. Benjamin, the homegrown newspaper writer, knows this. And so does Qui, the refugee chef. You know, it's like music, right? Music is formed out of struggle. It's a way of expression. And a lot of times, food is formed because of struggle. So now where people are eating all this awful, you know, where that was a poor person's thing, that was a peasant thing because you couldn't afford the, you know, you couldn't afford the good cuts of meat. All this came as a necessity of survival here in America. Everywhere you go, there's factions of, you know, Bosnia. Like we, we all know this is the second largest Bosnian population outside of Bosnia. Yeah. In St. Louis. Fleeing genocide back home, Bosnians began to arrive in the 1990s, settling in that old German neighborhood, Bevo Mill, before migrating out to the suburbs. The menu at Jay's Pizzeria is straight out of Sarajevo. But nothing beats their chivapi sandwich. Made on homemade salmon bread stuffed with sausages that take three days to cure. A bit of editorializing. These are really, really great. If you live in driving distance, get in the car now. The history of St. Louis told through sandwiches and the story of this country where at our best many cultures forge something together. What was once German is now American like this hamburger cooked on this strange oven first made in 1936. We first came to this bar to get this burger. We kept coming back to listen to Carol and her daughter speak truth. I mean, that's the thing that I see traveling around St. Louis is this, all these immigrant cultures on top of each other, um, getting along for the most part, it seems. I mean, just treat people with respect yeah. and they'll treat you the same way. What's your heart tell you to do about your regulars? Same thing I've done for 33 years. Take care of them. Do you think that they don't come in here and take care of us? Our crew fell hard for the Iowa Buffet after a viewer told us to check it out. Thank you, Travis Newton. 
truth is, we fell hard for the whole dang city. Where a conversation about sandwiches became a conversation about who we are. You're amazing. So my husband won the prize, huh? He told me for years the only reason he stuck around is to see what would happen next. <laughs> You're watching True South. Bath remodeling was revolutionized in this garage in 1984 when three brothers created the iconic bath fitter tub over tub process. A breakthrough then, the industry standard now for beautiful baths without the mess, stress, or high cost. A better way from bath fitter means precise measurement, the highest quality acrylic, perfect preparation, and watertight installation backed by a lifetime warranty. Bath fitter, it just fits. Visit bathfitter.com to book your free consultation. HelloFresh's new Fresh and Fit Summer Menu, designed to support your wellness goals. Enjoy calorie-smart lunches and dinners under 650 calories. Or boost your protein intake with protein-smart meals featuring 38-plus grams per serving. And if you're looking to eat more veggies, don't miss HelloFresh's new mouth-watering vegan options. Eat well the easy way with our new Fresh and Fit Summer Menu. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TV16 for 16 free meals, plus the first box ships free. Thursday Night Thunder is back. Both drivers, equal cars. Green flag, and we're racing in the Camping World SRX Series. Six tracks. All the way across the racetrack. This is going to be a fun race to the end. Great side-by-side -side action in the Camping World SRX Series. Are you ready? For each one of these drivers, it's also going to be an awful lot of fun testing themselves against the superstars of racing. Find out who's the best. Season 3, only on ESPN. Academy wanted us to make promos, and I thought that we should use their time and money to tell people where to go eat barbecue. One of the things I really love are barbecue microclimates, and one of my favorite is down like Monroe County, Kentucky, Southern Kentucky, uh, right along the Tennessee line. It's an hour and a half north of Nashville. These and what is Monroe County barbecue to you? They take pork shoulders and they slice them really thin on a bandsaw, and they cook the pork shoulder slices over hot hickory coals for like 45 minutes, so you get some smoke. You also still have some chew to it. If you want to go have Monroe County style barbecue, where should you go? I go to R&S Barbecue, kind of down in a little holler right off downtown. Anita Hamilton's the owner, and she traces her family back multiple generations to kind of the beginning of barbecue in that area. found a home in a black suburb called Jennings, just north of Ferguson. He's a family man who has gotten to know this place on the back of a Harley. State Burners is the oldest black motorcycle club in America. Wow. And forgive me for asking, but what's a Vietnamese-Chinese guy doing in a black motorcycle club? Exactly. Exactly. I have no idea, but they did. They embraced me, and here I am. He's proud of his jacket and of his tribe, who got to know him behind the counter of Lisa's Chop Suey. He wove his way into their lives with tales of chicken fried rice and crab rangoons. What does that mean to you to take care of this community? These are my people. I grew up here. I grew up here. I know, I know a lot of them and their families, their parents, probably two, three generations here. 
for the last four decades. What was it like to arrive in a city like St. Louis with all these different kind of people? What was that like for you? It, it was it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Victor and his family fled Saigon in 1978 with more than 2,000 other souls. Huddled on a rusted freighter named the Hai Hong. Sailing for America. Sailing for anywhere, really. A storm left them battered off the coast of Malaysia. But the country wouldn't let them dock. The boat was just out at sea for a whole entire year. People were going to Australia and other countries. So we wanted to come to the U.S. because we were sponsored by David Yen. His sponsorship would help Victor's family get started in the restaurant business here. First, they had to get out. So we were the last family. The very last family. The very last family. What was the promise of America in that moment? Like, why come to America? It's the freedom. Definitely the freedom. We make restaurants part of our routines, part of our lives. But we rarely know the stories of the people behind the counter or the memories they carry with them to work. The food we eat carries failure and triumph, loss and love. I met my wife here. She came in one day. What'd you order? That I don't remember, <laughs> man. That was like 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> I remember her mushroom hair. She's African-American. She had this mushroom hair uh -huh. at the time. It was, it was cute, very cute. Oh, she was beautiful. She it still is beautiful. Wow. We've been married for 30 years now. Victor's story is not unique in St. Louis. In fact, it defines St. Louis. That's something Cui knows in his bones. We were uneducated. We couldn't speak the language. You know, so according to certain standards, we were losers. But look at us now, right? And that's the promise of America. And the promise of St. Louis. And the promise of St. Louis, 100%. I cannot overstate how much I came to love St. Louis. Whether it's the South or not, quickly was beside the point. We knew we'd like tripe sandwiches and St. Paul sandwiches, but we didn't expect to stumble across a unified sandwich theory of American identity. But there it was, a way to see all the places we call home. A way to know that every one of us was once one of them. Food tells the story of someone's culture, right? Yeah. You and I sitting here and discussing food, this is what brings us together. You know, this is where we find our commonality. Everyone makes a sandwich. I think we've lost that and we've forgotten that, you know, because the strength of our country is that idea of America. The only way to do and understand one another is to do what you and I are doing. Have a St. Paul and, you know, talk to one another. be kissing friends. Consider that with tolerance and patience, we godly demons may breed a noble world in a few hundred generations or so. Maybe all of us who do not have the good fortune to meet or meet again in this world will meet at a barbecue. My name is John T. Edge and I think and write about the South. Food is my way in. 
I came to UGA in the fall of 1980, and before I flunked out, I got an education. I learned that southern college towns are weird little islands, often neighbored by fields and farms. The distance between these two worlds should be measured in time as much as miles. presented by Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. Curtis Downs arrived around the same time. He came here to study law and ended up lawyering for REM. Played their first show here about the same time I began class. After R.E.M. moved on to concert halls, I kept going to Athens clubs to hear Love Tractor, Pylon, and Art in the Dark. They all sounded different. They all played rebel music. I've always thought that Athens is fertile, underground, alternative, whatever it was called, new wave scene. I think a lot of it was the fact that there's such a dominant football culture here. There's such a strong sense of that kind of tradition. In a college town like this, maybe the fact that it's almost like a religion, there's people that don't really want to go along with that, they want something else to do with their time and other ways to identify with it. Athens sits atop an old Cherokee trail in rural northeast Georgia. For generations of UGA students, the countryside has held promise of a hidden world. The boys in R.E.M. followed the blacktop out of town to watch R.A. Miller's whirly gig spin above a red clay hill. They traveled to Howard Fencer's folk art church to hear him pray in rhythmic tones. When I was in school, we drove back roads in search of barbecue, singing along to the twangy country and jangly college rock stations. Bound for sandwich and stew joints like Paul's in Lexington and Zeb's in Danielsville. There were wide spots and winding roads where we could stand and regard our past. There were remnants of a once thriving ag economy, vestiges of our grandparents' worlds, waiting for us to touch, smell, and taste for ourselves. I remember early, early days, we would drive out that direction. We would go looking for places for good like country buffets, like Sunday meet and threes. So we went like tourists. We'd go hungry law students or young lawyers or rock bands or whatever. People would go out and find good food somewhere nearby. finished with our college town or the questions we first ask ourselves there. It takes 10 minutes to drive from the campus to a wide spot in the road called Norwood. I'd heard about two places there that might change how I saw my college town and the world that surrounds it. Scott's Barbecue does business in what looks like a single-wide trailer. Poirier Pablo is a Peruvian spot in the back of a gas station. My friends and fellow writers, Valerie Boyd and Andre Gallant, met me at Scott's. They both teach at UGA. They know Athens. Ask them to talk about the South they see in Norwood. The South can make room for all these different kinds of Southerners. So you know I feel strongly about kind of black ownership and claiming of the South. And so a place like Scott's is, you know, just symbolic of that. And then to have new immigrants, new Southerners, you know, joining us, also people of color who come with their rich traditions. To me, I come out here because I feel like it's, we're digging for narratives as writers. 
And here it's very raw and fresh and it's kind of easier to find because it's like we're seeing so much written out in real time. Mm -hmm. Food to me is tied to land and space and place. People love to trace their personal story back to a farm. Back to a plot of land that defined them. Maybe they didn't own it, maybe they shared it, whatever it was. And what we're seeing here is people staking that out again. Right. You know, people are staking their claim in Norwood. You're able to come out here, put your little flag down, plant your, you know, your papalo or your collard greens, raise chickens. Make a life and tell a story about who you are. Mm -hmm. Right. Smoke from the pit hits the nostrils like neon hits the eyes. It's lunchtime and the crowds descend. Larry and Betty Jean Scott get ready. Neighbors and friends walk a gravel lot wearing fancy shoes and expectant smiles. They arrive hungry. They leave full. Customers linger in the parking lot. Regulars don't need to go boxes. Ribs come with handles. This restaurant serves its community. Scott's is a black-owned business. That string of words means something here in Georgia. Just walk me through your week. Well, Monday is kind of a me day. But I kind of, <laughs> I kind of wait for the morning. I don't do nothing. I kind of rest or whatever. And then I, you know, I may go get potatoes and. and I may, I may do potato pies on my on Monday evening. I also do coconut pies, pecan pies, and then Tuesday, that's when me and my sister we start prepping collars. Uh, then Wednesday we, I go get my meat feet, so washing the old, trimming fat back, you know, off, off the off the chicken or the ribs or whatever, and getting getting the rub on those so it kind of season a little bit. When I met the Scots, it was just like saying hi to my parents, you know. <laughs> yeah. When I was growing up in the 70s, my dad had a Texaco station. It's one of the first black um, people to franchise a Texaco station in Atlanta. So Saturday was always takeout day. So that would be a day when we would come to a place like Scott's and have barbecue. The struggle and triumph of the black entrepreneur, the small mom and pop shop, is also like integral to the community. Customers come for what Larry and Betty Jean Scott have perfected over decades. For Larry's ribs, which taste of smoke, salt. For collards cooked low and slow and topped with Betty Jean's chaw chaw. The Scots make it look easy. What they serve doesn't taste easy. We talk about barbecue as this thing of tradition. And what I see, what Mr. Scott does, is a lot of ingenuity. See, you know, one of those carport overhang things that you buy in a Lowe's parking lot. You'll see a fan trained on the pit. Holes cut in the side for ventilation for the smoke. You'll see all these ingenious things done to something we tend to describe in ways that are far too simplistic. That is complex work. I mean, you know, creating beautiful, perfectly charred barbecue is complex work and requires that, that level of ingenuity. Yeah, beautiful. When the rush dies, Larry and Betty Jean drive home. They had a large and close-knit family. All take turns in the kitchen, even as they aim toward futures that don't require two jobs, like their parents have worked day after day. 
for all their adult lives. Why did you start a barbecue restaurant? You already had a job. You had both. Y'all had good jobs. Yeah, we always did. We always did two things. You know, one job, one enough money for both of us. So we had to do something else to to make ends meet. It's all our married life. We work two jobs. jobs. Yeah. Don't get too romantic about this man and his pit. The family barbecue joint is a side hustle for Larry. He's worked a factory job for more than four decades. We do electric motors from 180 to 440s. All motors come down the line, they they different. So you got to figure out how to how to put them together. You know what I'm saying? Because the engineer, he'll draw it up and everything, but you got to be the one that figure out how to do it. Because I ain't got time to come out there and show you how to do it. So you got to use your brain to figure out how to do it. The Scots take great pride in what they do. There we go. Can't be too careful these days. There are a lot of strange people in this world. The show with no name on 103.7 The Buzz. Out of college, I got tired of doing it, so I didn't do it no more. So you doing body work here behind the house? Yeah, at first, yeah, when he was in college, yeah. So when he got out of college, he didn't, he didn't hold a dime. Yeah. He paid for his college? Paid for his college as we went along, me and him working out there. And what does that money go from the barbecue joint? What does that go for now? Well, it's just an extra money. Just an extra money coming in that we need. So we, but we start using enough for our grandson, but he's getting ready to go to college. Larry and Betty Jean Scott didn't build this restaurant and this life out of bricks. Instead, they relied on an equally solid and finite material, the time they'd been given. They work hard and they invest in the next generation. The factory floor and the barbecue pit difficult and unforgiving places. That's what we want for the next generation right. is, you know, not to have to work right. two jobs, right? right? I mean, y'all are working two jobs. And forgive me for saying this, but you're not doing it for joy. You're doing it to right. make money. Right. 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 Well, we figured out a long time ago that ain't nobody going to give you nothing. You got to wait for what you want. That's basically what we did. We wait for what we want. And so, they will wake up tomorrow to do it again. To return to the wide spot in the road where they've taken their stand. The Scots are just one family in an endless sea of working men and women on the road. They pass each other in the post-work gloaming and at the pre-dawn streaks of light at the asphalt. Morning comes early in the trailer park where Pablo Rivadonera lives. Fog and mist, aches and pains. This day is much like the one that came before. Pablo is a serious man, does serious work. He rents a tiny kitchen in the back of a gas station. Opposite banks of beer coolers, lottery machines. It's an easy place to overlook, but Andre Gallant has good eyes. Well, I saw um, a picture of plantains on the window of that <laughs> gas station that weren't there the week earlier. Right. Right. Literally, I just noticed it. That's you know when I spend a lot of time in immigrant communities or in, in farms, and so I'm always looking for <laughs> what's changing on the uh, especially on the food scene. <laughs> yeah. You're always looking for plantains. Always. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Are you over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days? I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. Call now for this free book on maximizing your income in retirement. Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers from leading financial firm J.D. Melberg. That's right, free. This book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we're about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known truths we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity, and it's free. 
Call 800-362-0647. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report. We researched numerous products and summarized rates and benefits of annuities, all from Silac Insurance Company. Call 800-362-0647. That's 800-362-0647. Call now. Welcome back to True South, brought to you with limited commercial interruption by Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. This gas station near the intersection of Nowhere Road and Nowhere Lane is an improbable place to find a genius cook. There he stands. surveys the aisles and counters where travelers buy scratch-offs, rapper brand chips, and Georgia Bulldogs you want to know the score, it's on Peruvians drink Inca-Cola, enjoying the sugarcane buzz, and the blue trip Where someone else deep-fried chickens, Pablo now marinates them in citrus. He loads them onto skewers and sets them turning in his oven. He cranks a blender, puring bread and garlic and greens into bright sauces. When you first met Pablo, he was bopping around town from location to location, trying to find a way to service people and service chickens. We see the energy that he has in the kitchen, right? Yeah. Just like an unstoppable force. It begins years ago where he has a restaurant it doesn't work out he goes and finds another job and he's working in at olive garden it, oh. when his that one restaurant closed he wheeled out the rotisserie oven from the restaurant and took it home with him and it sat in his kitchen every time he meets someone from peru or someone who like knows uh, has a desire for this food right he writes down their number and so he get a day off and he just crank up the rotisserie he wired it so it would plug into a um the washer dryer outlet right cranks up the oven starts dialing numbers said hey chicken's ready at noon chicken's ready at two and they come up of that, course that, that same energy and entrepreneurship yeah ingenuity um, yeah One day, he's actually living not far from here, just around the corner in, in, a, in a house. Walks over to this gas station and sees that old Sunday skillet chicken in the back. It's just like, ding. His tools are simple. A wok, blender, his hands, his compassion. Norwood is full of people from all over the Americas. Pablo is always asking them what foods they miss and then adding those dishes to the menu. He serves Salvadoran stews and Puerto Rican tostones. He's mastered Mexican dishes too. Pablo chops beef for tacos. He boils chicken for caldo. His menu spans countries and continents and helps people feel a little less homesick. Tú piensas cuando viene la gente y viene de diferentes países y se, se siente en casa viene de diferentes culturas gente diferente ¿piensas en eso? a veces se va un poco triste amargado pero hay forma como atraer al público salgo a conversarle o si tengo postre lo regalo postre o no lo cobro la soda para que se me vaya tranquilo smart people have differing opinions about immigration but most everybody loves cheap grocery store chicken and that's part of why Pablo's restaurant is here. Many of the families he serves first came here to work chicken plants in North Georgia. Immigrants often arrive with limited documents or no documents, which is what makes them so attractive to businesses looking to manage labor inputs. Pablo provides his people with fuel for the next day's work. He gives them something else, too. 
Well, it's this place like heaven, you know, like <laughs> when you come from these, uh, the deportation and this nasty language and you cannot drive as you drive, you've been deported and all these things. And then just sit down there and you get your ceviche and put in your mouth. Man, you are in the Machu Picchu there right now, right there. Pablo rents his spot, but he wants to own his space and his future. He imagines a bigger life and a bigger restaurant. Aquí estoy amarrado, me siento amarrado de una hora, una hora X y salir una hora X. Si fuera muy pronto va a ser eso, como va a ser el mío, tener las 24 horas abiertas. Pablo doesn't want to be a cult favorite working at the margins. One day he wants to roast his chicken and stir his ceviche downtown. It's only 10 minutes away, but out here, in the crook of this road, in the back of this gas station, that trip can feel impossible to make. See this Don Perignon? I'm offering this to the next team that goes unbeat. But all over the land on this Sunday night, the champagne corks have been popping. <laughs> champagne on ice somewhere. So come get this champagne. All you gotta do is beat everybody. <laughs> The Derby. Give us the big flies. The no doubters. Baseball's greatest sluggers in the summer spectacular. Give us the T-Mobile Home Run Derby. Monday, July 10th at 8 on ESPN. You're watching True South. Presented by Yellowwood brand Pressure Treated Pine. This fall, 6,000 new Athenians arrived from Peach County and Toombs County, from Buena Vista and Ludowithi. They came in search of a cool town vibe that hadn't quite worn off. The football team is still pretty good. Although James Brown doesn't prance the sidelines like he did when I was young. I can see him now, his pompadour above the hedges. The 40 watts still rocks, and the hot corner still stands, for now. College towns now attract aggressive real estate investors who muscle out mom and pops and raise rents, making it harder for Southerners who dream of owning their own businesses. The places fighting to survive often prove to be the heartbeats of the communities they serve. My uncles used to cook barbecue um, back in the day. It's just like they say you, they kind of put their foot in it or whatnot. I mean, they didn't literally put their foot in it, but they put this extra oomph into the food, you know? It's like, uh, I guess. I'm white, but I'm not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I mean, like I said, it's hard to describe, though. It's just this indescribable thing that is, is special. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to sound like mystical or magical, but it's, it's, it's like that sometimes. But that's how it feels. So sitting down at a black-owned restaurant in, in, in a black barbecue spot, it, you get that. You feel that when you're eating the food. You know? Just as I drove out into the country looking for my past... 103.7 The Buzz gives you the most up-to-date information from the most up-to-no-good hosts all day, every day. The Buzz. It gives me hope, and it makes me think it has an interesting future, and it means that it doesn't all have to be more turn lanes and more curb cuts, and there can still be some quirks and, and eccentricities. That's, you know, that's good. It's immigrants. They're building that. Somebody way better than me with a quip said, you know, we all came over on boats, just different boats. Athens is ringed by trailer parks and neighborhoods filled with people from all over the world. They've made Northeast Georgia 
their home. You've got better eyes for this, for Norwood. What don't I see when I show up in Norwood? What am I missing? It's, a, it's a, just people, real people, people hanging out in the porch after long hours of work. Black, brown, white people. Nearly everything we think of as Southern was made by people who worked the longest hours in the worst conditions. Hardworking people, but also just people, normal, like anybody else. Any African-American or poor white person has the same needs of an immigrant. Out here, many people from many places are now making the newest of Souths. Are you a Southerner? I think the South claims me. <laughs> I can't leave this place. I, I mean, it's part of me. The landscape, the people, the, the places, they are part of me now. This is my home. Thank everyone who helped us make this show. We threw a party one night at Pablo's. We invited the Scots. It was their first time at Pablo's restaurant. They brought three generations of their family. And they came hungry. We made it. We made it. <laughs> We sat at folding tables and folding chairs. I'm in, I'm in. Saw Mrs. Scott pass on the ceviche. But she tasted something familiar Pablo's beans and rice. Talking to my brother about the ribs. Right. Oh my God, they're so juicy. He liked them. Oh my God. He liked them. My man was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Pablo saw something too. They all saw each other the first time. Pablo, is there food that is similar to barbecue in Peru? Algún tipo de comida parecida al barbecue que ellos hacen en Perú? Sí. There is something very similar over there. Familiar de la parrillada. That we call parrillada okay. over there. Okay. When are you going to go eat ribs? ¿Cuándo vas a ir a comer? Costillas. Hasta que hora cierre el gobierno. When you close the Friday. Back home is Northern Georgia. After we left town with our cameras, the relationships developed at dinner began to take root. Scots came back to eat Pablo's chicken, and Pablo crossed the road at last to eat their barbecue. From time to time, I think about that night at Pablo's, eating 